here we are. There's two things. There's the personal side. I've got my wife. We're in a strange land. We have no family. We have nobody. Three small kids. Right. Three kids. And then the business side. We have a business. We're in our busy season. This is everything's happening. Right. Everything's just starting to click and go. What do we do? So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Have you ever gotten stuck in a ditch and needed help out? Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Dale Carmi sitting here with my brother, Brian. And uh, we're venturing into the our podcast, Impact Without Limits. And I think I want to you know, start off today talking about, Brian, um, we were out there. We were dealers. We, we've said the name. I don't think it hurts to say it. Astralon. We were, we were early adopters, right? There was one dealer in this business before we came on. And, and then I know they were adding more. And we heard of dealers being in California and maybe Nevada and Idaho and different places. Um, but we didn't have any contact with them, right? I mean. No, not I, at all. I, re- I remember multiple times feeling like we were aliens or we were stranded on an island somewhere out on our own definitely on an island for sure so we're figuring this out we're we're learning trial and error we're teaching ourselves we get some information from what we'd call the you know the the corporate office but most of what we knew most of what we learned most of what we were doing we got through trial and error and we're thinking a couple things one there's a lot of things we figured out there were probably would be valuable if we shared them with somebody else. And I'll bet there's a lot of people out there doing things that we could learn from. So we would, I, I remember calling and talking with Robert and calling and talking with Mike at Astralon and like, guys, what are, what are the other dealers doing? What are the other people out there doing? What, um, what can we learn? What's the best way to do this? And, and look, they, they understood the product somewhat because, you know, they supplied it to us, but they didn't know installs. They didn't know the business, certainly the business side of things, not just installs, but how do you run a business? There was a lot they didn't know. So we kind of started pushing them and probing them. Guys, can we get, um, can we get this information? Can we get the dealers together somehow? Can we, can we pull from this, um, information? To be beneficial to us and others. And I think it was, you know, sharing information. But for us, I I know there was also this just understanding of what's possible, right? Like, I I remember a couple of times just asking, what are numbers? Like, what are other dealers doing? How how are we doing compared to Where are we on the bar? That's right. Are we the low guy? Are we the high guy? And, um, you know, because if somebody's doing better than us, then that means it's possible. And what do do we need to do to get there? And maybe there's different ways they're selling or markets they're selling into that we haven't thought of yet. And so we really pushed um, the Astralin team to have a a the first and only, national. we didn't know it at the time, but Astralon conference. Yeah, the national conference. And so um, after, you know, a few 
months of, of prodding, they decided to gather in Las Vegas, which worked for us. It was drivable. Um, and we could get up to, to Las Vegas and, and I'm trying to remember, I, I want to say it was about 15, 20, uh, dealers, yeah, Astral and dealers that I, were there. I think that came was probably 20, but yeah, they, they listened to us. So they, they created this, uh, idea of the conference. We're, we're going to, um, Las Vegas, but what's one of the first things we thought if we're going to Vegas, family vacation, right? Well, yeah. We Where got, else would you rather take a few I toddlers mean, and elementary school kids? It, it goes like this. If, if we're going and we have to get there, and if we have to rent a hotel, which it would have probably been good to rent a hotel and not sleep in our cars, why not squeeze everybody into the hotel room that we can? And so yes, it's like- we did. Ladies, we got an opportunity for you. Um, for those of you that listened to the Tucson episode, um, you know those don't always go <laughs> go the way you have planned. But this one was going to be better. So we loaded up. Um, we must have taken two cars. I'm thinking through that. Yeah, we did. Uh, I actually think you drove through Tucson and got Randy or met Randy along the oh, way so somewhere. so you didn't go down to Tucson. No, I went straight so we to Vegas. we met you there. Yep. Okay. But yeah, because I remember we, we loaded up in Albuquerque. We drove. It's not really on the way. We went south. We went down into Tucson to meet Randy and his wife. I think we spent a night there, um, you know, got to see some of the work he was doing, check in on what was happening in Tucson. And um, then from there, we drive up to uh, Las Vegas. So show up to Las Vegas. And, and I guess, I, honestly, I, I had forgotten that, but we meet you up in Las Vegas. And this is a new world for us. Um, walking into this room, seeing other dealers, other people doing what we were doing, you're kind of sizing them up, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I think I'm better than that one. But I'm probably not <laughs> as good as that one type thing. Um, and it was it was interesting. I don't remember a whole lot that was said there. Yeah. I, I mean, and just the feeling, you know, we, I think the question at the beginning was this idea of being stuck in a ditch and not that our business was in a ditch, but we, we felt like we were in a little bit of a rut, right? We're doing this work. We feel like we're seeing results, but we needed something beyond ourselves to kind of throw us a rope and pull us in the right direction. And there is just this power of community, this idea that, hey, we're not alone. There are other people out there going through the same things we're going through. We can learn a little bit from maybe something they're doing over here. We can be encouraged by the results that that, that lady has in, in that market. We can, you know, learn from a technique that they're using here. But there's just this power of sharing ideas in this community and, and not feeling like you're all alone. Yeah. And I want to go back to, to the question you referenced. Have you ever gotten stuck in a ditch and needed help out? Guilty as charged, um, but I want to tell a story about somebody else because I seem to spend most of my time telling bad stories about me. So, this one about me? No, it's okay. not even about you. So I have a nephew. I'm gonna gonna leave it nameless, but um, if he's listening to this, he'll know who he is. He went to the Hartville flea market here in town and parked right in the middle of an area that was marked off as no parking. He didn't realize it. And it was marked that way for a reason because it's where all the water collects and it's a little bit muddy. So he pulls in and then realizes he's not supposed to be there, tries driving out and the wheels start spinning a little bit. 
so what we often do, what I often do when I have trouble, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get my way out and I'm going to work my way out. I don't need somebody else's help. Sometimes you don't want to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. And in this case, he starts gunning it, trying to go forward, trying to go back, trying to go forward, trying to go back. And what happens when you do that? You dig a ditch. You dig a ditch. And when I got the call that he needed help and I, I go out, by the time I get there, this car is buried literally above the middle part of the wheel. So the tire is stuck more than halfway down in the mud. The car is completely covered in mud. And now, not only does he need help, but we can no longer push it out. There were like four or five of us there. This car is not going to get pushed out. We actually had to get my Suburban. Luckily, I had a four-wheel drive Suburban. I brought tow straps and hook it up, and we had to tow the car out. And that's okay, but kind of making that point, because <clears throat> a lot of times when, when we hit these challenging situations and we try to fix it ourselves, we try to go alone, um, we try to do, and I don't know if we have it here, but it's what, what I call being the lone ranger, fixing things on your own. Not that there's not effort in grinding. We talk about grinding. We talk about fighting your way through. Again, this is one of those things, want to be careful. You don't think we're contradicting ourselves because you have to do all those things, but you also have to realize there is value in that community you talked about. There's power. And if you're in a situation, sometimes it's okay to look for help and look for external information, external resources, and external things to help you. And that's where we were at, right? We were in our business and, and we were running and we were doing things, um, but maybe our wheels were spinning a little bit. And if we just kept doing it on our own, we might have gotten out. We we would have, but we just we felt like there's probably going to be value in learning and from these other people. And and we did. And and again, I can't tell you specifically what the takeaways were, but I know we heard things and saw things. And just knowing that there were that many other people doing what we were doing was powerful. I think we heard some advertising, some people were advertising this, advertising yep. that. We might have heard some different markets people were hitting. I remember learning about new ideas for some products and some installation techniques. It was also a place where we were giving feedback to the Ashland corporate office of, hey, as a group, here are opportunities we see in the marketplace. Now, we still do that today. And today, the Foreverland Conference is a huge part of what we do. And, and we really invite that feedback and want that feedback from our dealers. I don't know that the Ashland team was quite as excited about our feedback. <laughs> but we were given it anyway. Right. And we thought there was power in numbers. If multiple dealers are out there saying, hey, we need, I mean, I remember our big push was give us a product that's <laughs> two inches, not just an inch and a half. Innovation, a slightly baby. different shade of green. Yeah, and they're so like, oh, that's not possible. We had we had one product, right? Yep. The pile height on it was one and one half inches. Twenty six ounce weight face was twenty six ounces. And, and I know it that came doesn't in one color that was green. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything to any of you that aren't in the turf industry, but any of you that are, are familiar with the turf industry. Those specs wouldn't, I mean, nothing they, is They that. wouldn't carry the day today. No, but they wouldn't even exist. What if we wanted two-inch pile height? Not available. No. What if we wanted a different color green? Not Can't available. What if we wanted a different construction, different weight? Can't have it. What if we wanted a different yarn on the blades? Not available. That's a whole different story. And we'll get into this some point. But the difference between a market-driven company, which is what Foreverland has been, and a manufacturing-driven company that says, this is what we make, go, go sell, sell it. it. And that's a we'll we'll save that for another podcast. But while we were in Vegas, um, you know, we we took our families, 
And I remember walking the strip with these little oh kids and covering their eyes and thinking, what the heck are we doing? So, so Vegas is great and terrible at the same time. Yes. Um, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's amazing. All the, all the buildings, the fountains, the jumping waters, the shows. Of course, we didn't go to any paid shows. All, all we saw was what was free. We, we so we walked up and down the strip, right? Yep. You remember that? Those so were you our had shows. Angie with two young girls. Yeah. Um, I had Lori and I had three kids, you know, nine, seven, and I think McKenna was four. I ended up carrying McKenna. Oh my goodness. That was exhausting. We're walking up and down. I say up and down. We walked up, you know, as far as we go. Then we turned and came back. But those um, were our shows, right? The Bellagio and the Jumping yeah, Waters, Treasure Island and, and the Pirate Show, the volcanoes and and the lights, the different colored yeah. lights hitting the building and doing things. That that was it. That was that was our Vegas experience, and we tried to avoid the uh, people <laughs> handing out the the oh, little um, paraphernalia. And yes, <laughs> it's like yes. You see somebody on the street trying to hand you something. Kids, look the other Cover way. Cover your eyes. Look the other way. Uh, just don't pay attention. But yes, I mean, um, so we're doing that, and all of a sudden, Lori starts telling me, uh, "I don't feel so good." So, and so this is probably end of May. It's end right? of Memorial May. Day time frame. Yep, yep. Uh, and she's seven months pregnant. Um, so we we we're walking. I, I think I offered to get a cab back. She said, "No, I think we can get back. We get back to the room." And um, she was having some problems, and um, we're sitting there like. Oh my goodness! What's uh, you know what's happening here? Uh, we thought about going to the emergency room. The problem with that is we were in Las Vegas, you know, eight hours from home. And if we get into the hospital and they decide to keep her, we're not at our home hospital. We're not with our home doctor. Probably and, we're out of health insurance range and, too. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Um, and we're not anywhere like. If I've got to go back home and take the kids on now, I'm eight hours away from her. If I stay there, I'm saying it was just bad. So we determined we've got to get back to Albuquerque. So we, we got in the car and we immediately just took off for Albuquerque. I think we'd planned to maybe stay another day. Um, we yeah. had the hotel because I think this was maybe Saturday night and we just hit it. I drove through the night. I want to tell you, you can get pretty fast on those highway roads between Las Vegas and Albuquerque. And I, I made that trip back in like six or six and a half hours. So we got back. Um, I found out that um, I don't even know all the details, but she was in a distressed pregnancy. I'm sure Lori could give a lot of the, the details or the words that go with it. But she got put on bed rest. So here we are. There's two things. There's the personal side. I've got my wife. We're in a strange land. We have no family. We have Three nobody. Three small kids. Right. Three kids. And then the business side. We have a business. We're in our busy season. This is everything's happening. Right. Everything's just starting to click and go. What do we do? And um, I know Angie helped out a lot. Um you know, you tried to cover me sometimes from work. I'd try and run home at lunch, check on the kids, check on Lori. But for two months, we went with her being on bed rest, us being out building the business, three kids at home trying to get through this um, to get her through the pregnancy. Now, the end, everything went well. In the end of July, um, you know, we had Jenna Lee, or you know, precious little girl. and um, But that was a very, you talk about tension. I think the last show you talked about this, this right. tension between you know, the push and the pull. Oh my goodness. That was, 
tension I thought was going to break us between what's happening in the business, what's happening at home, health of my wife, health of the baby, the kids, what's going on. Uh, but we had to work together and thread the needle. And yeah. we did it. And I think, you know, that we, we started the show talking about the idea of being stuck and needing help and being willing to maybe seek or ask for that help. And some of that goes to the the conference where we pushed Astralon so we could, you know, share with other dealers. And some of that was family, you know, how we shared and, and kind of, uh, you know, had to, to pitch in and help each other. Um, but you know, I, I want to come back to just the idea of, you know, the value of community and, and sometimes it's not just having the community, but it's the, the mindset that you approach that community with. And and I know like we we talked and joked about, you know, when you go into the room, you're kind of sizing people up like, Oh, I think we're doing better than them or, Oh, we can, we can learn over here. But anytime you go into, or anytime I go into something like that, I want to go in, you know, confident in, in what I know and willing to share that and, and think that maybe my experiences will provide value to someone kind of like we're doing with this podcast, like share the experience. Maybe somebody can learn from it, but maybe even more importantly, going in with the expectation of learning and having the humility to know that anyone in that room can teach us something. And, you know, we see that, you know, even today in our, our forever long conferences, the, the people that come to those that are willing to share, willing to say, hey, here's what we're trying. Maybe this is good. Maybe it's bad. But that come with the expect expectancy, the expectation of learning, of of seeking knowledge of how do I get better rather than how do I show how much I know. Man, what what a difference that little shift in mindset can make for some. Yeah, that's outstanding. I think um, you hit it. Humility and confidence. And it would be neat. Maybe, maybe there's a word if you have it, or if somebody out there knows, let me know. But is there a word that combines both humility and confidence? Because humonfidence, <laughs> I think that's the humonfidence. That, that might not be it. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with it. Um, but that's so important in, um, you know, the, the other thing you said I loved is, and, and I've heard this said before, everybody I meet is smarter than me in some way. They know more about something than I do. I have the ability to learn from them. Yet everybody I meet, there is something that I know better than they do. They have the ability to learn from me. And if we all can can grasp that, and if your interactions can harness that and bottle that, great things happen. So Brian, I know I've heard you say you should never be the smartest person in the room. And if you are, you're probably in the wrong room. Yeah. Or something like that. Or, yeah, you're either wrong or, yeah, yeah. you're not in the right room. So, uh, and the meaning of that is, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, then you have no ability to learn. You've given yourself no ability to learn and grow. And as we talk about this community, I would tell you, take stock of the community around you. And I want to be careful when I'm saying community. I don't want this to sound socialistic or goofy or anything like that. This is, there are people around you in life whether they're in your business, whether they're your family, whether they're at work, whether they're through your church, um, don't put yourself on an island. Um, you know, I think God made us to to be together and to share and to uh, lift each other up and strengthen each other as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Um, put yourself in a position you can take advantage of that. It will help you in your business. It will help you in your personal life. It will help you in your spiritual life to to not think you have to be the go-to to make things work. 
And, and some of that is your willingness to, to come in with the right attitude. So I think there's a quote that fits well with this. My boss, Heidi, actually sent this to me uh, before <laughs> we got started. Uh, Heidi's great. She keeps me on track and, yeah, and helps keep things uh, running smoothly in our office. But the quote is from an unknown author. There's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. It's called humility. Confidence smiles, arrogance smirks. And I think when we approach things with, um, you know, a, a genuine confidence, confident that God's given us experiences that maybe other people can learn from and will help be helpful to them, but also a humility to understand that every person you meet, you can learn something from. That's that sweet spot of community. Yeah. And, and again, across, across all of our life and, and maybe the, one of the places I've seen it more than any is spiritually. A lot of times I get, I may get off track and, and I think, um, you know, I got to correct this. I got to get myself right before I, I go running back to God. And I think it's the other way around. We have to be willing to humble ourselves and run back to God. And then he helps us get it right. So, Mark, I guess I already answered the question, but have you ever gotten stuck in the ditch and needed help out? Yes. Yes. And there are times you can get out on your own, but assess it. And if you have somebody nearby that can help you and you're willing to be humble enough to ask for that help, it can get you to a good place. Absolutely. And so hopefully you're, you're finding this show valuable and it's, it's enjoyable and you're you know, able to, to find something in our stories that relate to your lives. And um, again, we would we, we appreciate you being here and, and being a part of the, the show and the audience. And um, you're a big part of that. And so if you would you know, follow the show, make sure if you're, you know, I, I know on Pod, Apple Podcasts, you, you click the little plus sign and, and follow it so it downloads automatically. Um, and then if you want to leave us a review or a rating, Man, that goes so far in helping other people find out about the show, learn about it, and join the audience as well. So, Guys, let's, uh, let's get out there, become people of impact, and help others do the same. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.